0: Welcome to the Online Choir Podcast, Jeremy Warner and Joey Wagner. And in Joey, it was a little sleepy Sunday. I was kind of sitting by my computer, just waiting and waiting and waiting. And I'm thinking, hey, are we going to have to write anything tonight? By the end of the day, I think we had about 10 new stories, three commitments on Sunday night, one more on Monday. Illinois football is really getting this class of 2023 going, Joey, with four commitments so far over the weekend, six other uncommitted guys visited, three commits visited as well. So let's talk about it all. We'll break down the commits. We'll talk about who's out there. We'll talk about the top needs in the class and what each of these guys brings and what it says about the Illini staff. That got a little hectic there, Joey. What would you think? And
1: it really picked up at the end. And it picked up, and I know we'll get into it, and just kind of like I, I categorize how it picked up in two different ways. Like, there were the ones that we thought made all the sense in the world to pop on Sunday night, and Cal Swanson and Pat Farrell. And then there were the two that you probably didn't expect as much, Enrico Jackson and uh, Jamarian Harkless. Like, that, that really – harkless in particular kind of took me by surprise i'll go a little behind the curtain Jeremy. i know we were talking you myself and ryan easterling over the weekend trying to social media sleuth our way through how it was going as best we can and and harkless had actually like deleted his whole instagram save for two illinois pictures and in 2022 you're like does this mean does this mean something or nothing turns out it meant something and it meant a really really big splash for Illinois football
0: yeah, I think this this weekend has had a little bit of everything that you want, right? You, you kind of get the layups. And for a long time, I've had a crystal ball pick in for Pat Farrell, and that gets done, right? He commits on Sunday night. It felt like this was going to happen all along, so maybe it's not as exciting to people, but I think it's a really good get. We'll talk about what he brings coming up. Cal Swanson, Illinois, the only FBS offer to get him for official visit. That's a layup, right? You close on that guy when he gets to campus. Uh, but, yeah, I thought Rico Jackson... Now, if we had an offensive lineman, we thought going into the weekend would, would be most likely to pop. It'd probably be East St. Louis, Brandon Henderson, but Illinois did a really good job with Rico Jackson, George McDonald, uh, who recruits Florida for for Illinois, along with Aaron Henry. Uh, but uh, George McDonald led on this one. Bart Miller has had a heck of a three weeks, man. Three offensive linemen, all legit Power 5 prospects. I broke it down about what it means, about how, how the Illinois O-line gets, compares uh, to what they've gotten recently, and this is a really good O line class when you go by power five offers but then i I thought rico was a little bit of a surprise like oh okay well maybe they'll go over the two and a half number that our boards were talking about for commits uh quickly after the weekend but to be honest with you had a text out got a text back that harkless was committed just about a couple hours before he actually did it joey and wow that is a headliner that is the headliner that I think gets people excited. And Then you add the other pieces to it. And this is what momentum looks like, right? I think for a long time, this class was kind of like, all right, you know, Caden Fagan, headliner. Antoine Hayden, okay, here goes the roll, And then just kind of slowed down for a while. Then TJ McMillan, I thought was a really big addition for Illinois. So to get him on board, I thought was kind of a big one, especially being in-state I thought getting a guy like that was was really really important, um, and then of course Zachary Amlin I, I think is a nice addition from uh, New Jersey, adding him to the offensive line. But it's like this is the time to really get momentum, and landing a kid with offers from from Georgia, LSU, Michigan, oh. but you got in early. I thought this weekend kind of I don't know if it exceeded expectation, but I, I would say yeah, it expe- exceeded expectations because I would have thought Cal Swanson. And Pat Farrell definitely will be on board. And then one more. Who is it? Is it Brandon Henderson? It turns out being Rico Jackson. I think that would have been a solid weekend. You add Harkless to it. Uh, I think that's a really, really great start to the first official visit weekend.
1: Yeah, I think the way I think about it is it exceeded immediate expectations. Because I think if we look at the 10 uncommitted guys, Probably think that there's one or two more out there who could pop at some point down the line. Some of these guys take time, they go on other visits, they do all like it's not like the Illinois staff doesn't know that these kids are going on other like that's just part of this. But I think immediately to get uh, a Harkless and a Rico Jackson, dude, that's that's beyond what we thought. I mean, I especially like Sunday night when they did it or Sunday. Rico Jackson um, apparently doesn't sleep in on Sundays, which is he's on Father schedule. Two yeah. Werner. Yeah, he's yeah. on my
0: schedule before 8 a.m. Love it.
1: But I think you see a little bit of, one, the coaching staff, is, with Harkless in particular, did just a remarkable job going down into Frederick, Frederick Douglass High School, Andy Boo, has connections that he is very well thought of in that school and their persistence. Then you bring in Terrence Jamison and Brett Bielema. I think you see that the staff really does know how to get this done and there's still a little momentum I mean I know five and seven Brett Bielema said a million times he didn't come to Illinois to go five and seven but I think there was enough that you saw where you could maybe start to say see we're here and you could get us here like there was enough last year to show that and we'll see if it turns into more but immediately it turned into a pretty good haul
0: yeah I think we're starting to learn they're pretty good at this official visit weekend they're pretty good as a staff of this whole recruiting process like I had at one point in my head, Joey. Oh, this is what it's like to cover a PJ Fleck program, right? Like they, they yeah. close. Like they they get these weekends. They they nail it out of the park. No matter what you think of PJ Fleck, he's a good recruiter, right? Or you see all these other programs are able to have these weekends where they get five or six commitments, and it's it's like, man, why why does it look so hard at Illinois some other times? But I, I think we've learned the past couple of years that they got they're pretty well oiled machine. Uh, now they got some battles, but to already have four of the 10 uncommitted guys on board last year to get four of the seven uh, who were uncommitted at the time in the first weekend. I think that's a pretty good hit rate. And if you can get over 500 here, if you can land one of Malik Elze, Jair Hill, Deacon Tanielli, we'll talk about some of these guys, Frederick Moore, Brandon Henderson, Sabor Kareem, like you had two more of those guys. I think that's one heck of a recruiting weekend. And one of the better recruiting weekends Illinois has had in, in, in a while.
1: Yeah, that's a good way to springboard into in two weeks the the Florida contingent who's going to visit and then you'll still have some room to to work in the fall a little bit. But this is this first half this month of June as a whole is is where you want to set your foundation And, and COVID changed that right because remember they couldn't go kids couldn't visit anywhere and then like June 1st happened. And there were, like, doors opening at midnight. It's like Black Friday, man. Like, people were just coming all over the place. So, I think you've seen June really turn into that foundational piece. And you see programs like Illinois and really last year where you want to get guys to carry a little momentum into that June weekend. But that's really such a big part. And, yeah, man, if you can close out two more, you know, two more would feel really good. You'd You'd be batting 600. That's good, man. Like Recruiting is hard. Like, recruiting hit rates, are they're not like baseball levels where if you're 250, you're good. That's probably a little low. Yeah. But you want to be in that like 400, 450, 500 range. And that means you're you are evaluating who you should have on campus. You're probably taking a couple swings for the fences. But you, you recognize who's close, who fits, why, why a visit could get it done. And then you hope with, with somebody we've seen them take kind of home run shots before especially last year with kids you hope maybe you can sway one but mm-hmm. batting 600 if they can do that coming out of this weekend's good and they'll a good to start doing that
0: yeah and i think we got to remember brett bima told you i think last week or two weeks ago 12 to 15 in this class I- i've told you i think it's gonna be on the the higher end of that range mm-hmm. I-, I think 15 makes a lot of sense especially taking a quarterback here i, I think uh they'll probably hit that 15 number so if that's right you're halfway done to a class. I think that's really important. As you said, Joey, add a couple more before June gets out. Maybe, you know, one of the guys who visited here recently, like a Sean Miller waits until July, Jared Beatty wait until early July. Uh, but you head into the, the season with most of your class in place. And then you can kind of find, evaluate, take a breath, breath and, and kind of, replenish yourself and then kind of see what else is out there you know if somebody else is holding on or somebody else emerges as a senior like a jimmy rolder did last year right or a matthew bailey did last year during the season tj griffin uh, i think that's where illinois can kind of reset and then go into the season and take some more time let's break down some of the additions illinois made and let's start with the headliner and, and some people out there might be saying hey you know three-star kid that shouldn't be a headliner in a class Put on Jamarian Harkless's film, uh, Jamarian Harkless, excuse me, put on his film and tell me that kid's not a four-star quality guy. I have a beef with our rankings, all right? Whether it's uh, rivals 24-7, whoever does it, why do we have 150 or so four-stars in basketball and then only 350 in football? There's six and a half times more football players, so why not take that I think there should be like 750 plus four-star guys Harkless is one of those guys in my opinion so that's why I think he's an absolute headliner but we know the story Joey but for those that don't Illinois offered in April they were just the second power five offer uh, West Virginia had offered as well kid out of Kentucky six foot four two hundred ninety pounds just a big kid really strong violent hands and Illinois offers the next week Georgia LSU Michigan, home state offers from Kentucky, Louisville, Purdue, Ole Miss, Cincinnati. So, three of the four college football playoff teams from last year had offered this kid, and Illinois still finds a way to win this recruitment. That's a heck of a job. And as you said, Andy Boo kept in contact with him more than any coach. Uh, he gets on campus for the official. Illinois wastes a little time. They close this one. I don't know how hard Georgia, LSU, Some of those other programs Michigan were pushing for him, but Illinois didn't give them another chance. And still, even if it's Louisville, Kentucky, some of these other programs, Joey, to close that quickly, uh, I think it's just a heck of a job and fills a huge need that Illinois had been struggling to fill in this class.
1: Yeah, we've talked at length about the defensive line recruiting in the last two cycles. There's been some misses, but you come in with a pretty big hit and you you bring him out of Kentucky where he was scheduled for an OV, an official visit to louisville it's not like the those schools especially in state were kind of like ah maybe 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 not i mean uh, official visit means things are cooking like like, there's enough interest to get for you to use one of your five and for a school to use one of the slots so they wanted him and yeah we we don't know how hard some of those big powerhouses were, were pushing but his coach told me there's not a lot of kids like him at at three hundred pounds who move as well as he does with the hip mobility flexibility like we've talked about this a lot jeremy there's not a lot of like power five true no doubt power five defensive linemen sitting out there especially joey
0: especially nose guards like it is it is hard to find guys who are that big who move that quickly like D line and quarterbacks are the most hotly contested battles, just because there's not enough of them. Like the supply does not meet the demand. Well,
1: in nil world, those are guys who ultimately cash out pretty well because there's there's a market for them. Jeremy and for Brett Bielema to go in and Andy Boo and Terrence Jameson to get him and nose tackle. In- in particular, Jeremy, it's been a a spot that like we still don't know what Illinois is walking into with this year in terms of production. We know the names. We don't know what it's going to really have much of a – we have a guess, I guess, but it's hard to really project what that looks like. He's going to have a chance early. I don't know how big that chance is going to be, what it's going to look like, but his frame and his quickness and his talent, he's going to have a chance early at a position that there's a lot of opportunities sitting out there. We talk a lot about basketball and guards, right, this year, where there's this opportunity for freshman guards to come in. There's opportunities for him to come in here and, and kind of make a splash a little bit. So that it can't be understated how big that win was. And I, I agree with you. Don't get caught up in the star. Don't get caught up in the you know where he ranks. I know that's kind of our job to do that. But look at the offers. I think that's what, what you really look at the offers, follow the visits, and you can see how well he's thought of. It. And then the rest of it will probably change and catch up as time goes on.
0: And I think you can be a novice football person and just turn on the film and see he's different. Like the, the film pops. Um, you know, Lovey Smith and his staff did a pretty dang good job of recruiting defensive linemen, whether it was. Bobby Roundtree, at the time, Virtus Brown and Kendrick Green were defensive linemen, right? Like, those guys turned into pretty good players. Owen Carney, Isaiah Gay was a great evaluation, I think, still to this day. Keith Randolph, Johnny Newton, some really good guys. Yeah, Calvin Avery. Like, this guy, to me, Keith Randolph's film popped, even though he was not very experienced football player. Johnny Newton, to me, I turned on his film, I said, that guy's going to be an NFL prospect someday. Like, there's just... NFL burst size guys who move that well at that size. There's just not many of them. I think, I think Harkless is one of those guys and, and I think he's a nose guard. He can play some three technique, but to put him at nose guard to eventually replace Calvin Avery, Vertus Brown, you know, T-Rod Edwards will be in that mix or Sean Wilkins will be in that mix. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if Harkless is a true freshman is in the rotation. I, I think he's that caliber of player similar to, to Johnny Newton um, who, who'd made similar kind of impact. So uh, that, that's a guy that I would know right away. And I think he's going to be one of the headliners when they sign. I think he's going to be one of the biggest gets. And after losing on Roderick Pierce and Tyler Gant and, and Dante Barone and and maybe not having a lot of momentum right now with Jamel Howard, who's leaning towards probably Wisconsin at this point, I just think this is a massive get. Um, and to, to get him in the middle of your defense and then find some – some complimentary pieces in the rest of this class, whether it's Howard, whether it's Mason Murrigan, a defensive lineman from Michigan who's taking an official visit, Uh, whether it's Ian Jeffries out of Mississippi who just got offered that's more of a three-tech. I just think you can kind of fit it all around Harkless. I think he's going to be a winchpin of this defense in the future.
1: Yeah, I know Brett can't tell us until December, but I would love to know that room when he told them. Like, do, Do you think they had a vibe like, hey, this is going really well, I'm sure they did. I mean, they seem to be, you have a pretty good pulse on things. I just wonder what it was like when, when he sat in, I'm guessing, in Brett's office and, and told them it had to be, you just have to know for all the reasons you said that, that that was a position that you had to address and you still have to address. And then you get the, I thought he was the biggest out-of-state prospect to visit this whole month scheduled and and you get him and you don't have to freaking wait for it.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're honest, like this might have been the top guy left on their board. <laughs> like, I mean, it, realistic guy. Like, listen, Jair Hill and Malik Elzey could be phenomenal players, but like this guy is, is really important. And you know, I think Terrence Jameson has to be pumped. <laughs> you know, because the concerns heading into this week were legitimate. But this is why June is so important, and you don't make uh, too big of a uh, I guess evaluation of or opinion of what this class is or is going to be because things can change man they they can change quickly in june and uh i I don't think there was a bigger commitment uh, out of this week than uh, jamarion harkless let's go to the next one that's going to get the most headlines that's cal swanson a quarterback out of ardmore unlike harkless right it's kind of a very different thing very important position but way under recruited the offer list no other fbs offers tarleton state Right was was the other recent offer for Cal Swanson. But Barry Lunny saw something in Cal Swanson, and you put on the film, and you can see like why you'd be intrigued by this guy, because he's an unbelievable athlete. He's got great speed. He's got elite escapability in the pocket. I think he's got arm talent. I wouldn't say his arm is the strongest, but I think it's good enough. Uh, and he runs an offense where there's a lot of quick hitters that I think could fit an up-tempo offense. I think Barry is going to move the quarterback around a lot more. But I, I think the way Illinois showed urgency here, Joey, suggests that they thought this kid could get more. Uh, that they, they thought they found something special here. Whether he will be, I think we'll find out three, four years from now. But they seemed uh, to have an urgency to close on Cal Swanson, even if other programs hadn't seen it yet. That's what I find most intriguing here.
1: Yeah, they, they made it happen really quickly. And he's a kid that – we don't know what it's going to look like as a quarterback, but that speed will play somewhere if things maybe don't work out as well as he hopes quarterback. Well, they am not trying to project that to be the case, but that's, that's legit speed that plays on the football field. And, again, with quarterbacks, I know we've talked about this a lot, you're not expecting most quarterbacks – and this is like, what, Jeremy, 5% of quarterbacks out of high school that you think could start as true freshman? like, honestly. So you're not expecting him to come in here – one year from now in fall camp and be like hey look out this is my job like that's just not that's probably not reality I'm sure he'll come in and he'll compete but he's somebody you want to have as many I've said it before as many bites at the apple at the quarterback position as you can possibly have because if you hit one you're alleviated for like two or three years like if you can get the one you can breathe a little bit better and we don't know I mean we don't know what it's going to be for him the skills when you look at the stats, Jeremy. You look at the tape, and, and it is like it is hard to think that really no other FBS offers anywhere. Yeah. Like, he visited Tulsa, and you're like, offer like it would make sense to offer. Yeah, I, I don't them. know. I, I don't know
0: Tulsa's recruiting board or who else they're recruiting at quarterback, <laughs> but yeah, I, th- I think what you're saying, Joey, is like, hey, I can understand if other Power Five offers maybe didn't offer here. You know, there's some jump throws that make you feel uncomfortable, he's a little thin right like the arm isn't the strongest but you're thinking how did all the FBS schools how, how did uh, you know all those American schools how did you know how, how, Mountain West schools like how did he kind of go under the radar despite having the numbers that he did and, and Illinois didn't want to take the chance obviously that, that he could blow up
1: yeah that's I, it's just kind of hard to to wrap your head around a little bit as not one I, and again that's not to say the kid's a bad court the film doesn't say he shouldn't have any fbs offers the stats are frankly pretty i mean if you were just passing by the stats you'd stop like they're, they're good stats and I mean, 70 some odd percent completion rate right and you know we, with the speed it's it's just it's kind of hard to to grasp but yes it looks like illinois barry Lonnie saw something that they want barry went in there and closed this thing down pretty quick uh, i mean he he seems like he also pushed the right buttons in that recruitment, taking him fishing and doing the whole nine yards. I mean, he he got it done fast. Well, it's we'll see it's an it Arkansas, it
0: it's an Arkansas boy with an Oklahoma boy. It's kind of right. They're very similar backgrounds there. Uh, one kid from Ardmore, the other from Fort Smith, Arkansas. So yeah, I, I think there was definite bond there uh, of you know coming from the same background. But I think it also it's it's interesting because he's so different than the quarterbacks that they have coming in, right? Like. Kirkland Michaud is the other guy we know that Barry Lenny bringing in a preferred walk-on that I would project has a better chance to start earlier than uh, Cal Swanson. Right. But he's six foot five, 230 pounds strong arm quarterback who played baseball the last couple of years. Right. So uh, put up great numbers in Texas high school football, won a state championship at a very high level there at Westlake, which is a loaded school out of Austin. Um, So you add him, and you're looking at the future of the quarterback position, Samari Collier. Accuracy remains the question, but there's talent there, and the staff did say some nice things about him this spring, but I still think he's going to be behind Ryan Johnson. Donovan Leary uh, comes in. I think he's obviously a very intriguing skill set. He's a decent athlete, good arm. And uh, given his brother's success at NC State, now being an NFL draft prospect, he's got some good bloodlines there. Um, but now you had someone completely different. Like Donovan is a pocket passer with a little bit of mobility. Samari Collier, pretty dang good athlete. Strong arm, but a little raw. Kirkle Michaud, kind of this Drew Bledsoe-like kind of style of quarterback, pocket passer, strong arm. And then you had this guy who I would say is a better runner at this point, or a more proven runner than he is as a passer. So... It's just an interesting quarterback room, Joey, and I think we're talking more about what's it look like 2023 and beyond because we know DeVito and Sikowski are the guys now. Sikowski's got two years of eligibility left, so he could still be in the mix in 23. I still think a transfer is likely in the offseason, um, but it will be interesting. Like, What do you think of the stamp so far with just two guys, one walk-on that Lonnie's trying to put on the quarterback room?
1: You're right. And I know uh, R. Ryan Easterling wrote this in his film review. It's kind of hard to find a direct line between them all. And does that tell you – I don't know what that tells you. I think Barry Lunny can make his offense go with a couple different pieces. I I think he might have different levers he can pull depending on on who's back there. And obviously a Cal Swanson would – probably pull the run a little bit more lever there. But I I don't know. It's hard. Like we we talked about this with – good lord Jeremy! we've talked about this a hundred times but okay next recruiting cycle we're really going to see what they're after in the quarterback (laughs) position because the offensive coordinators change i don't want to kick it down the road anymore but like there is some truth to that that you'll see i would think more more of a lunny stamp i think you, you maybe can start to piece some things together but when you start seeing some of the 2024 offers going maybe you'll understand it more and maybe that's not fun to hear but you can't cycle through coordinators like that and have it any other way
0: from the guys they've offered, most of them are pocket passers with a little mm-hmm. bit of mobility. That's why the Cal Swanson one was so interesting to me. Because I think it's going to be more guys that kind of look like Donovan Leary. You know, 6'3", you know, pocket passers. Hank Brown they offered. Uh, Brock Glenn they offered. like So I think it's going to look more like this. So this one kind of throws me for a loop a little bit. Um, but he is an intriguing, exciting talent. I don't I don't know if he's going to be the guy eventually. But, yeah, I don't know if there's going to have one bold – like, I, I think Garrick McGee and Tony Peterson kind of had a mold. Um, Rod Smith, I think, was more dual threat. And then he went and got Brandon Peters. So sometimes these offense coordinators, I don't know if they have, like, an exact mold. They just kind of, you know, look for certain traits. And sometimes they want different traits. So you have uh, different guys. So I think having a guy who can be mobile, if if Barry eventually wants to go that route, might be a, a decent option to have along with Michaud and Leary, guys who are more pocket passers, that if he wants to go to some other Those guys aren't working out. Maybe they need a quarterback who can run for his life a little bit more. You turn to him.
1: Yeah, what is the quote, Jeremy? Sometimes the best ability is availability. And Cal Swanson was available with Rob Smith. Brandon Peters was available. And you're compensated well enough. You've been around the game long enough. You can can probably make it work with with guys who maybe aren't, you know, what you would exactly in your mind draw up for, you know, your ideal – if you got to create a five-star quarterback in the lab you, you can make it work if you have to go outside those parameters a little bit but yeah i agree with you i mean swanson is vastly different i would say than, than some of the other offers we'll see we'll see what it all looks like and and maybe it's the case again where you look at him and you say hey it's, you run like that we kind of a tall kid we could we figure this out you know wherever wherever you work best
0: All right, let's talk about the two other commitments over the weekend. Rico Jackson. I saw Bart Miller had a hashtag Suave, so he's doing the old 80s, 90s kid reference to Rico Suave there. Uh, Out of Dillard, three-star prospect. Had offers from Miami, Michigan, bunch of Power 5 schools. And uh, my biggest takeaway, man, it feels like I wrote this like a week ago, Joe. It was just a little over 24 hours ago. This is three legit Power 5 recruiting wins for Illinois on the offensive line. It's been a while since that has happened. Um, I, I wrote this stat, and I, I still can't believe it. This O-line class alone, which has three commits, has a combined 31 other Power 5 offers on top of Illinois. The four previous O-line classes combined at Illinois had 20 other Power 5 scholarship offers among 13 prospects. Oh, Now, uh,
1: well- Okay, can we add some context as best we can around those numbers which are pretty striking?
0: Yes, there's some good prospects who didn't have other power five offers. This isn't to say Rico right, Jackson right. is is sky ahead of way more prospects or that, you know, TJ is going to be so far better. TJ McMillan is going to be so much better than Joey Oka because I think they're pretty similar prospects, but it's just in terms of winning yeah. recruitments. Um that is Striking strike,
1: it is, yeah. And you're seeing you're seeing Bart Miller and Brett Bielema kind of get their swagger a little bit. Uh, that's not to indicate they ever lost, but it's starting to really hit kind of hit overdrive a, a little bit on the recruiting trail when you can build these relationships. I mean, Jeremy, we talked to Bart, you know, often enough during the season during spring, you can see Torn. where you could build a relationship. You, you're starting to see them develop these and have a little time to go in there and to to win these recruitments. And and TJ McMillan was different. He was the guy that they were, quote-unquote, I guess, late later in the process with them, went in and and closed it down, later with an offer. I don't know that we should say later in the process in its entirety, later with an offer. There was definitely some conversation there between them. But, you know, you look at the class of 2022 and some talented kids who they closed down early. and, And they closed down these guys early, but it just, you know, when you're not the 2022 class was dealing with some COVID yeah. ramifications where you couldn't get to camps and, and couldn't get eyes on you. And, but yeah, man, 31 power five offers over three guys. And, and again, you closed them down at a time that TJ McMillan didn't go looking around and flirting around and Rico Jackson, I mean, he must have committed like Saturday because this dude posted it 8 a.m. on Sunday that he was all in.
0: You're really so upset that, about that, that aren't You're you <laughs>
1: upset. Dude. I, I was surprised when I woke up, which I would like to just get some credit for waking up before 10 on a Sunday. But that's fine. You're not going to do that. But I, I just think that like it tells you that this wasn't just like a Sunday meeting with Vielma where he was like, "Oh, oh yeah, okay." I'm like, yeah. this was something that happened. Early in this forty-eight hour visit,
0: yeah, Rico Jackson, six foot six, three hundred pounds. That's what a tackle looks like, right? Then, then you put on the film. I think there's some things he needs to work on, like we can get into technical things. But he's a little bit of a waist bender. You want to bend with your legs, you your knees. That's what you want to bend with. So let to work with him a little bit on that and and mobility. But he's a and he also just kind of leans into guys, doesn't use his punch as much, which is really important. You can't just lean on people. Uh, you got to be able to –
1: Miller is a big fan of, like, the hand yes. usage placement.
0: It's a, yeah. it's a huge part of offensive line play. It's a huge part of defense. It's a huge part of football, right, is how you use your hand. So he's going to have to learn those things. So it's going to take him some time but boy six foot six 300 pounds moves extremely well plays for a really really good program uh there's some things that you really like about him that uh, he, he's got a high ceiling um so i think it's it's a, it's a big addition to add you just keep adding talent keep adding depth and joey it's it's amazing they've added 10 11 now 11, 11 scholarship yeah. players to the offensive line during their first 18 months here and and that's not even including Jack Badovanac. Like that's the um, last yeah, that's yeah. the last two recruiting classes. So um they are making over this room. And you know those numbers I was talking about Power Five offers, there's more about the last couple of recruiting classes under Lovey Smith. Like Lovey's first couple of recruiting classes, great. That's what got you Alex Palceski, Vidarian Lowe, Kendrick Green. Um, you know, Julian Pearl, Jordan Slaughter supposed Kramer. to make an impact. Yeah. Doug Kramer came under Cubit, but, but yeah, they, yeah, they brought him in. Um, so yeah, it was, they did a really good job. And then it kind of fell off like after bucks, his first two classes fell off both under Buckus and then under Bob McClain. And they only have four guys left from that staff in the offensive line. Beal was already added 11 uh, by 2023. So they're putting their stamp on it, and uh, I think you should be very encouraged by Bielma and Miller. And they just they get the benefit of the doubt when it comes to offensive line, right? Brett Bielma, <laughs> based on his time at Wisconsin, Arkansas, gets the benefit of the doubt, and then to win Power Five battles like you are, uh, I think you got I think you got a future identity up there.
1: Yeah, I think so, and I think you can kind of look at how this building has gone. Also, Jeremy is the first class. Had a lot of interior guys. Now, you look at a Magnus Moller, or Mountus, excuse me, Mountus Moller, Hunter Whiteneck. Those are guys who you could see as tackle, definitely Mountus, and a Hunter could could go out there to tackle. But there was a lot of interior guys that they addressed with that first class. Uh, plus, the, the two transfers, the JUCO, uh, Zay Adams, like Chrysler have guard tackle flexibility. But you're starting to see them kind of beef up that tackle area in this class with, with Rico Jackson and, and you know if they were to get Brandon Henderson he would be a guy in that mix Zachary Amlin so this it's, it doesn't all happen in one class we over two classes it, they've addressed every single spot on that line and they've added flexibility to it and versatility as well which I, I continue to beat the drum that's that's important to them and it, it's a big deal
0: Alright one more commitment we gotta talk about in depth here Pat Farrell uh, St. Rita kid we all expected this to happen, right? But if you're talking about one other position that I think this staff has left their mark on as much as any, uh, running back certainly up there, Jordan Anderson, Aiden Loffrey, Caden Fagan. They did a good job with the wide receiver class prep-wise last year. But in the last year now, they've added Alec Bryant, Jared Beatty, Gabe Ackes, and now Pat Farrell to their outside linebacker crew. I mean, you're basically – creating this position from scratch. Now, that's not entirely true because defensive ends can transition to this pretty easily, but you are looking for different bodies. And Pat Farrell is a different body than they've had uh, at, at defensive end even over the last several years. So six foot five, 235, pretty good athlete. Uh, I think he's got a great motor. I do think he's going to have to add strength, but he adds a lot more length on the edge than they've had. Like Owen Carney wasn't the longest guy. Isaiah Gay wasn't the longest guy. You're starting to get Seth Coleman is really long and you're starting you see him when he comes in start to bat down some passes a little bit more when you got guys who are that long. So I think Farrell can eventually add some more strength, a lot more strength, potentially 30, 40 pounds, and be a guy that's mostly a defensive end. I don't think he's dropping into coverage all that often. But this is a guy that looks like a lot of what the Wisconsin and Iowa guys uh, have looked like. So under-recruited maybe a little bit, but I think part of that was most schools knew he was going to Illinois for the last couple of months, like Purdue and Northwestern showed some interest here. But this is a guy, I think, get in your program, top 30 prospect, develop in a couple of years. I wouldn't be shocked if he's a starter. In
1: battle, you have to win, too. I mean, It's a recruiting battle that you have to win, you have to close down. There was just too much flirting back and forth between the two to not ultimately close that down there and yeah i mean it's and the the makeover not even a makeover i guess creation it boy did it help a lot jeremy that isaiah gay and owen carney were able to get off to such a fast start outside linebackers for their one year but to see how they're doing this and there's kind of a sneaky amount of depth there for a position that didn't exist 18 months ago in, in this program and, and Pat Farrell adds to that, and, and again with this, you, you can allow him time to put those that weight on and put that strength, because you have a guy like an Alec Bryan, a Seth Coleman, and and they hope a, a Jared Beatty and a Gabe Ackes. and you can let this. So much of like building long-standing things, this is kind of embodiment is, you got to let the natural development of being in a college program happen without, you know. Shoving them out there and saying good luck. Now it works. Sometimes it it works and it doesn't. It's not a hindrance. You look at Alex Bautchescu and Darian Lowe, That whole group. But in an ideal world, you would like to to slow play it a little bit. And make, I, I don't know. Depth
0: there. I know they started those games, but I don't know if that's a sell for playing those guys. early. they were no, not good no, no. because they weren't ready. Like those guys, yeah. most of these freshmen, I think that's where football recruiting is tougher for fans than basketball, right? Basketball is easier. There's less guys. Uh, those guys make immediate impacts usually in basketball, but not all the time, right? But like football, it's you're, you're marinating for two years for most of these guys. Now, I think Harkless is different, but we talked about the 2022 class. How many of those guys? Four, five, maybe? May, make a yeah. considerable not even a considerable, but just a, an impact, right, on, on this next season. Um, I think it's going to be the same way in this class. And, you know, Farrell would be one of those guys I think, hey, in two, three years you might need to know his name. He, he's probably not going to make an impact. And that's a good thing because, you know, I, I think outside linebackers got a bright future. I think Coleman can be really good. I think he would be an NFL player. Alec Bryan, I don't know, but he's certainly talented. I think Beatty and Akis were two of the best three or four gets in the class last year. So um, adding that talent, and now you add more depth like that, I think it's a good job by Kevin Kane. I think he's just doing a really, really good job in his room.
1: Yeah, I mean, Shabady Akis, you took them from from Power 5 programs. Tennessee, I think, was was, was pretty uh, knocked back a little bit, the fact that Illinois was able to go in there and close that down on Akis And even with someone like Farrell, Jeremy, you, you get the four to mess with a little bit, but with a motor like that, as he continues to build like special teams remains an option for those early years because he plays his butt off and, and he can do that. Now I'm not saying it's definitely going to be the case, but there's ways to kind of get these guys who you know, aren't at their ideal weight or frame yet on the field early. And, and of course, Redshirt's the most likely option for almost every freshman to walk the face of the earth because... You need it in college football because 22-year-olds are, are, are big cats, man, and they're bigger than 18-year-olds. But, yeah, man, he's some natural development. It's a big in-state get. Illinois needed to close it down. Like, that would have been – if that would have gone south and gone elsewhere, that would have been a tough one to swallow, Be, uh, similar to a, a Roderick Pierce because you were you were right there for a lot of the way, and, and it's kind of a tough one to lose if you did, and they did not.
0: Yeah, I don't think Farrell was ever in doubt. I just – I don't think he was ever in Probably doubt. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it's never a bad thing to get in in St. Rita in the Chicago Catholic league. That's a very good program. Very good coach. Todd Kuska does a really good job there. And the Chicago Catholic league is, has been pretty good for Illinois here recently.
1: This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the name, your price tool from progressive. It works just the way it sounds.
0: All right, Joey, let's talk about the guys that are still out there. Let's start with the two headliners. Uh, We haven't heard from Jair Hill out of Cankeekus. He just doesn't say much. Uh, But four-star kid, the fact that he got his first official visit, I think, was big. Uh, But obviously, Michigan is in hard with him. Cincinnati, don't overlook Cincinnati with their top ten recruiting class right now. And, And Sauce Gardner just went, what, top five? In the NFL draft, like they got to yeah. sell college football playoff, Big Ten, Big Twelve. They're going to be in a couple of years, uh, and Luke Fickle has done an, an unbelievable job there. So uh, Missouri is involved there. Some other programs. I think Michigan's going to be the toughest one to beat. Um, but it was good that you got him here for the official visit. Let's we'll talk a little bit about Malik Elsey. I was able to catch up with him, and this is probably the guy who is most important, I think, optically left in, in this class even though Jair Hill might be a more competitive recruitment. Um, but Malik Elzey has gotten an official to Cincinnati, and Cincinnati's done a really good job there. But he told me Illinois set a high bar. They set a high standard. Is a four-star wide receiver out of Chicago, Simeon, the top-ranked prospect in Chicago in this recruiting cycle. You did a heck of a job, Joey. I think they got momentum with him right now. I think George McDonald is doing a great job. You have to overcome one losing. You have to overcome two, your lack of a passing attack. While well, Cincinnati just had a an NFL draft pick quarterback and had some good wide receivers, right? Like that's what you have to overcome. But it seems like Barry Lonnie did a pretty good job of showing him uh, how he could use him in his offense. You wish you had a year of him throwing to Isaiah Williams, you know, uh, in, in this offense to, to sell that to somebody like Malik Elzey. But there, there's urgency here to close this one down. This is the, I think the big one along with Jair Hill. Those are the two big ones over the next couple of weeks to see if Illinois can close those down or if they can survive these other official visits. Um, but I think they got a real chance with Malik Elzey. If it's not Illinois with a slight edge, I think it's them and Cincinnati in Cincinnati and a toss up right now.
1: Yeah. And we say the biggest ones because they're in the Illinois in the ring right now, landing some punches and, and absorbing some punches with this thing. And look, man, we've said it for, I don't know, Jeremy, how long have we said it? We've wondered, you know, where where the wide receiver? What's the long-term outlook there beyond Isaiah Williams? And you've, you've seen them address that in the 2022 class. But, man, th- those guys aren't Malik Elzey. They're, they're not the in-state Chicago kind of flex your muscle a little bit recruit. And that's not to disparage a Sean Miller and Ian Pugh or because Ian Pugh was also an in-state guy that they went up and got. It's not to disparage those. It's just you've been in on Malik for a while and you've done a really good job. And, and George McDonald made it well known to him that he was a, a major, major priority. So man, it, it when you're having these conversations because they put themselves in a position, to be right there at the end. And that's what makes them important.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's one. I think Illinois has as good a chance as anybody right now in this recruitment. But as we know in recruiting, momentum matters, and you can't let it slip away. Uh, so I, I, don't know if it happens now or if it if he goes as official for Cincinnati, it's all over. Like Cincinnati's gonna get. Yeah. I don't know if this case because Aiden Loffrey went on some other visits, right? And you're thinking, oh, are they gonna lose the momentum here? Uh, Jared Beatty, same thing. Took other visits. Took some time. These guys can do that, and why not? This is the one chance they get to check out these schools and make sure that this is where they want to go so they're not in the transfer portal in a year. Um, so I can't blame Malik Ells if he wants to take other visits, and he he said he will take a trip to Cincinnati here coming up, but I think Illinois did everything they could on this visit. I think they've done everything right in this recruitment, and now it's just, does that resonate more than anyone else? Can their cell match what Cincinnati did? Cincinnati's got a couple wide receivers on board already. And I do think Illinois has done a great job, Joey, of this prospect, I think, in-state is appealing to him. I think now in the age of NIL, Illinois can sell that, hey, NIL, there's more possibilities if you're the hometown hero, if you're the Chicago kid. Look at look at Io DeSumo. Like That's what they've kind of been trying to sell to someone like Caden Fagan, Malik Elzey, Aiden Laufry. Uh But I, I saw Malik play, and he's everything of a four-star prospect. I know 24-7 Sports has him as the highest three-star prospect, again uh that, that's a four-star prospect for me 6 three legit 200 pounds uh and I saw him play against Joliet Catholic he was one of the only kids on Simeon that looked like he belonged on the field uh and he made play after play as a receiver and he he showed me a lot when he was a defender like he has physicality to his game but he's just on a he's got the mold of what a number one big Ten wideout looks like so if you can add another top 10 top five in-state prospect that's just a that's a headline grabber, right? That, that's like, hey, Illinois, we're for real in-state. Like, you can't just steal in-state prospects as easily from us as you used to. Uh, I think it'd be a huge one.
1: Yeah, I think it's both the headline grabber in the big picture, but also like a consistency grabber. Because I think you kind of put that flag down a little bit last year with Aiden Lawford, with Jared Beatty, with DM Pew. But to do it two years in a row and to continue this, like it's not like it's just one new coach – Hooray! Everybody jumps on board and, and you know, thumbs up. But to do it two years in a row and and to do it with the Caden Fagan with the with the Malik Elzy, now you're you're starting to stack these. And yeah, you're going to lose battles. It's probably going to be the same culprits. That, you know, a lot of years you get to the Northwesterns, which is still an in-state win for Northwestern. But the Northwesterns, uh, the Wisconsin's, you'll you'll probably lose some to Iowa down the line. Like that's going to happen, but. You need to start elbowing some of these other Big Ten schools out of your freaking yard, right? And mm-hmm. and in the case of Cincinnati, Cincinnati, I mean, you want to try to edge out Minnesota as much as you can. You want to try to edge out Cincinnati. You want to you want to really lock it down. And I, I think enjoy. I
0: think Illinois has bothered Iowa, Minnesota, Cincinnati more than anybody yeah. so far here. Yeah, recently. Like, like Wisconsin, hey, they still can beat you. Michigan's probably going to beat you. Ohio State, if they want somebody from Chicago, probably going to get them, right? But like. If you can start bothering those other programs who just kind of planted their flag and say, hey, Illinois can't get these kids in state, that's changing. That's changing, and and LZ would be another proof of that.
1: Agreed, and and again, a pretty significant position of need, and and somebody who, I, I thought his quotes to you, Jeremy, were interesting in the way that Barry Lonnie you know he, he pulled up exactly what we thought like hey you see look at look at some of these wide receivers that had it at, at utsa like i promise you we're not at
0: memorial not stadium trom- putting 37 points on ryan walter's defense
1: <laughs> we're, we're not yeah how many times ryan walter's like hey man i get it You gotta you gotta freaking die we,
0: we gotta do that, that story we got like did uh how much did he ryan hate Barry Loney after that game
1: well, great. Now, for everyone else who's listening, <laughs> if you beat us to the story, God bless you, I probably won't. Um, Competition yeah, doesn't man. listen
0: to this, do they?
1: Let us know. <laughs> like, rate, and review if you do. Um, <laughs> but I, I think, like, that's important where, like, you, you have to tell kids sometimes. And you'll note, Jeremy, last year, Bielema nudged back a lot on the, hey, run run game. Like, that's kind of as we are starting to get to know him, like, he pushed back on that quite a bit and you're seeing why he did that and like you don't want every wide receiver recruit to think like oh they're just going to line up in the barge formation and like what am I going to do how how is that going to direct path me to the next level like so you're, you're starting to see that narrative continue to get pushed back on and the best way they can do that Jeremy is to have a solid passing attack in 2022 and to have Barry Lonnie get that position to take that step. And if you get a buy-in from somebody like Malik Elzie along the way, yeah. that's, that's even better news.
0: Yeah. I think they've actually done pretty good uh, given the lack of passing success of, of getting the prep wide receivers. At least I, I think mm-hmm. transfers, maybe it's been a, a bigger issue for them. All right. Two guys I would just put in the, Hey, they visited. These guys don't say much, but they're mm-hmm. big time recruits. Tight end, Deacon Tanielli out of Oswego, top 10 prospect in state. Illinois shooting very high, it seems like, in their tight end pursuits after taking three tight ends in the prep class. Um, You got Tip Ryman coming back for 2023, most likely, uh, with Henry Boyer and Owen Anderson and Navion Cargill. And you'd imagine they'll be in the transfer portal, but hey, shoot your shot for Deacon Tanielli. And then uh, Frederick Moore, one of the top uh, prospects out of St. Louis, really quick different than lz lz 63 195 200 Uh, frederick moore is more 510 quick twitch returner slot receiver basically hey you see your boy isaiah williams what he's doing at illinois what he's going to do this year frederick you could be in the in the same mark so i think illinois is bad uphill probably with the michigan schools for, for those guys deacon with michigan frederick moore michigan michigan state but just positive to get those guys on campus i they, they would have to make a big impression i think but hey they got him on campus show
1: yeah so what we talked about earlier you get the ones you feel pretty good about on official visits you shoot your shot and and you hope to do the old catch the fever thing with some of these kids who are going to be long shot i think you can still say catch the fever in 2022 it's probably not I mean, no one wanted that for a long time but at any rate like you, you want to build on that jeremy and maybe it works it probably you know it's going to be an uphill battle i don't want to say it probably won't but with tight end specifically they addressed that long term i thought really well in the class of 2022 i, I wish we had gotten to see more of owen anderson in the spring i know injury limited him but i, I think he's got a really appealing skill set like a daniel barker type skill set go get it receiver tight end uh but yeah man if you can you don't turn away a top 10 in-state tight end when your whole deal is, hey, we can really produce tight ends. Like We kind of got a history of doing that. You you pitch that, you don't turn it away, you try to get it, and it's not, that. that's a position, much like a running back would be, where it's not the end of the world if you miss out. You shot your best shot. Now, I think Fagan, that would have been a tough one to miss with everything they had put into that, but it's, I guess we could look at like a Dallin Hayden last year. Like, you shoot your shot, it's not the end of the world if you miss it. And maybe they address it, but Portal would make sense, too, uh, going into 2023. Yeah, man, I, I like the way you kind of – cat those two do kind of get categorized together. Quieter guys, probably an uphill battle, but see what you can do if you can get them on campus. You got get getting them on campus doesn't hurt, right?
0: And I always say this. I'll never count out Brett Bielma in a tight end battle, right? Like I'll do that with running backs, tight ends, maybe edge rushers and offensive linemen, right? He's got a really good history to sell. And who else does, too? Barry Loney. Uh, what they did at Arkansas with Hunter Henry, uh, you know Jeremy Sprinkle, I think it was like they got they had some guys that that came and, and developed into uh, NFL tight ends. Uh, Saboor Kareem, uh, a cornerback out of New Jersey, visited this weekend. The first of many talented DBs. I got a bunch of kids from Florida uh, coming in on the, the 17th through the 19th who are DBs. Uh, so that'll be an important week for Aaron Henry. We'll kind of focus on Aaron Henry that week. Uh, but the last one we want to mention here is Brandon Henderson. Uh, like we said before, if there were one offensive lineman I thought would have jumped on board this week, it would have been Brandon Henderson, the East St. Louis kid. But Iowa State's done a really good job there. Um, they were the first Power 5 program to offer. And uh, Matt Campbell, Tom Manning, their new O-line coach, like, uh, I don't know if he's new, but he's he's been under Tom Manning. Those are three offensive line coaches on one staff who've done a pretty dang good job of developing guys and obviously doing a good job with the Iowa State program. That's had that battle. And uh, I know the question for a lot of fans is, would they take a fourth guy? I don't know if that's answered right now, but I think if Brandon Henderson wants to jump on board, I don't see Brett Bielman and his staff turning him down. He's too talented. He's a top 15 prospect. He's from East St. Louis. They've been recruiting him really, really hard. So maybe something changes along the lines, Joey, but I, I think they'd take him. I think the, the question is, can they, can they win the recruitment? Because Iowa State's done a really good job, too.
1: Yeah, if they can win, I, I think I'd be hard-pressed to say they wouldn't take him. Just You can look at the history here, right? We thought they were full-on wide receivers. Sean Miller was available. You take Sean Miller. We thought they were full-on offensive linemen last year. Mountus Muller becomes available. You take Mountus Muller. Then you factor in the fact that you're not having to deal with initials, right? It's just a straight 85. I think that would probably – maybe change uh, some, some calculus, some some of the way you go about it. And then you factor in an in-state offensive lineman from a school that you would really, really like to continue to be a part of and to continue to recruit in East St. Louis. Like, all those factors, we haven't gotten an official answer, but as I start to break this down piece by piece, it, it is hard for me to think that they would say, mm, sorry, man, it's, it's for full.
0: Yeah, and I think sometimes, like – we get our minds out oh, how many would they take are they only taking three like as you said those are two good examples sean miller maunas Muller. Uh, i don't think they plan on taking five offensive linemen i know that i don't think they plan on taking four wide receivers but things change and who you can get matters and you know what if you said it, the scholarship limit's gone now the initial scholarship for the next two classes you're gonna have attrition somewhere likely on the offensive line with somebody at some point right just add talent. Figure it out. Figure out the numbers at the end of the day. All right. I, I I would not pass on a guy like Brandon Henderson. I don't see Illinois doing it either. But now it's about winning the recruitment. And Iowa State. I think I think we have a lot of respect for Matt Campbell and Nathan Shilas, Tom Manning. All those guys do do a really good job. So going to be a, an interesting battle down the stretch. So next up, Joey. We got the camp circuit. Illinois is having two camps before their next official visit weekend. No officials next weekend. They got a camp on Saturday. They got a camp uh, next Thursday on the 16th. They're also going to be across the country going to all these mega camps. So, this is a time that'll be interesting. Do they push to close? Or are they able to close on some of these guys who just visited? Also, are there any new offers that, that come about? Whether that's this class, future classes, it's a big evaluation time for the staff.
1: It is. I will see some offers. I coming out of an, you'd kind of be surprised if if they traveled all these camps and walked away without new offers. So it's about, again, it it goes back to the way we talked about the quarterback is where are they offering? Who are they offering? What's type? I mean, now it's kind of, it's April or January again, right? You go back in there and you you take notes of kind of how they're, they're going about things. And they'll pick up again. That's the Florida weekend. Uh, Can we, I know that's not exclusively Florida, the 17th. Can we, can we call it the Florida weekend? Uh, That's, that's a chance for Aaron Henry to flex his muscles a little bit. And I think, Jeremy, I think Mason Merrigan is kind of a big big one that weekend, a chance to get in there. You're getting him an official. You, you could really put another dent in your defensive line recruiting class there as well.
0: Yeah, I kind of want to end this, Joe, with kind of looking at what are the top needs still in this class. And despite the headliner of this weekend, I think defensive line remains – a top need is it number one now i'm not sure do you move wide receiver above it do you move db above it db you need quantity uh that is for sure but i still think you need more help on the future of the defensive line and you mentioned mason murrigan ian jeffries is an interesting one that they just offered out of mississippi so uh those are the two guys i would look at for that i think wide receiver is a really big need Malik Elzey is number one, obviously, on that board. Frederick Moore, I think you saw the two priorities on campus. Colin Dixon, will he make it to campus on the 17th will be interesting because he's visiting Wisconsin the week before. He rescheduled his visit from Illinois from the 3rd to the 17th. You wonder if that's the router Pierce thing, basically saying, eh, I'm going to see if I can lock up my spot at Wisconsin first. Uh, and then they got Terraman Lott out of Florida, a speedster they offered, uh, who could be the slot. Maybe if they no- don't close on Frederick Moore, maybe that's a guy they want to add. Uh, but DB is a is a very big need uh, in, in this class because what they're losing, Sidney Brown, Quan Martin, Kendall Smith, Terrell Jennings, Potentially could have two years of eligibility but I think at this point just one and then Devin Witherspoon you see an NFL guy this is his fourth year of college football believe it or not so they have a lot to replace and uh, a lot of numbers that they need and you got guys like Jaheim Clark, Zachary Tobe coming in for visits, Jason Duclona, uh his brother just committed to Cincinnati, uh, Jonas so they got some big visits coming up on, on that side of the ball and I think we have. I think we just have faith that Aaron Henry is going to get some Florida DBs. Don't know who they'll be, but he's going to get some Florida DBs who are long in athletic. and athletic. Aaron Henry and Ryan Walters.
1: Yeah, I think that is a two guys who are plugged in in the state of Florida, who are, are pretty highly thought of. One in the profession, two as recruiters. Like I, I think you can look at that weekend. I, I don't. I'm not going to. I need to look and think more before I put a number. But you, you could see someone popping out of that weekend or quickly after that weekend. And we've seen you know, speaking of DBs. I really wish we could have seen Elijah McCantos, Jeremy in the spring. Uh, I think that would, they're high. I think they're high on him. Obviously they brought him in; He was a big win for them, but you want to see, see what else they can do in that month, that weekend. That's a, it's a big opportunity to, you, you'd feel pretty good if you can get someone to pop out of there and, and kind of take a breath as you go into that last weekend of June into July and and see what goes on from there.
0: Can I give one more need before we get out of here? Don't, oh over, don't overlook the specialists, man. Can we talk about specialists recruiting? Because David Alano, the kicker out of Napier Hill North. Uh, he, he seems like
1: he is very
0: interested in Illinois. Yes, right? yes. Now, will Illinois offer a scholarship or is it a preferred walk-on thing to get a scholarship? It seems like Brett Bielma does the latter more often. A lot of Power 5 schools do that. Uh, Declan Dooley, kid out of El Paso, Gridley, just got his first Division One offer from Troy. Now, these usually don't really heat up until... Teams know their scholarship situations towards the end of these recruiting, but those are two in-state kids who are pretty good. And that is a need. I, 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 specialists are a big question mark coming into 2022 season, right? And we talk about close games. We expect Illinois to be in close games. Kale Griffin's waiting his turn, but he's pretty unproven. Hugh Robertson has punted once in a real American football game. Uh, there's some unknowns there, both short term and the long term.
1: Yeah dude it has been so long since we've had to talk about specialists on the field. We, we talked about specialist recruiting but really like talked about specialist recruiting. I, I don't want to say you're going to miss James McCourt and Blake Hayes in the sense of like sounding the alarms at who's in the room. I don't think that's fair you are going to miss those guys the consistency the provenness the just everything that they were and, and the way that brett bielma was able to game plan around them and deploy them it's a good call man it's when this is kind of like i've not been on the this is my fifth year on the beat so again i've not really seen specialist recruiting have to be a thing but when does that pick up jeremy when do, let me interview you when, when does when did that line up
0: well caleb griffin was a what february decision Blake Hayes got on campus yeah. yeah, Blake Hayes was a surprise edition on campus. I think I interviewed him when he was already a student here. So I didn't get in trouble by the SIDs, but I thought he was in Australia. Uh, and I called him, it was June. And he was, he's like, Oh, I'm on campus. I'm like, Oh, well, let's just continue the interview. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, some of these guys are, are really like Hugh Robertson, I believe was really, really like August guy. Um, so it depends on whether you want, you know, if and I offered one of those guys, I'm sure they'd commit, but do you invest a scholarship in a guy that, are you sure he's going to be your starter? Because like, if you have a scholarship backup, that, that's a valuable scholarship, right? That that could be making an impact elsewhere. Uh, when you could get a preferred walk-on who's very similar, uh, hungry for a scholarship offer, um, Bielma seems to, to make those guys work for it, right? So that, that, that'll be interesting to watch moving forward that
1: was a really good point i haven't i haven't thought about that. And, and two in-state guys who are really high thought highly thought of too and david alano and and declan dooley that that's it's going to be interesting that's like the low-key low-key interesting thing down the stretch here deep cut
0: oh yeah when we get to like january we're just diving deep into specialists <laughs> recruiting uh oh, can they can they beat out the uh f like the mac offer the scholarship offer with preferred walk-on spot. Can't wait for that discussion. All right, <laughs> thank you for listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. That's an hour of Illinois football recruiting. There's a lot to talk about, and I felt like you and I probably could have gone even more into this. But uh, as more come in, more commitments, more weekends come up, uh, we will break down even more on the Illini Enquirer podcast. Any last thoughts here, Joey? Before we get out of here,
1: just wonder: Will there be one before the next recruiting? weekend, the OB weekend, will, will there be, be someone to pop? And if it is the way this has kind of trickled here, Jeremy, I, I think it, you know, if, if it does happen to be a big pump, that would mean that there's not a lot of others. Yeah. That makes like duh yeah uh, sitting out there. It'd be some recruiting wins out there to be had. Can they close? That's, that's a big one for the next few weeks.
0: Well, Illinois came into the week, I think ranked 50 something in, in overall team ranking 13th in the Big Ten rankings as of taping this podcast on, was it Monday? Monday afternoon. Uh, It was a crazy weekend, Joy. Um, Eight commits, now ranks ninth in the Big Ten the composite and 33rd in the country.
1: I will be traveling the state of Alabama to see if Nick Saban has anything to say re-Brett Bielema and recruiting, um, because I think they're ahead of Alabama as we record this and
0: it doesn't look i don't uh, want to no, know there must have been uh, a rankings adjustment because bama is one spot ahead so oof, i've seen it coming so if you have the screenshot you might want to sell it as an nft I, are those things <laughs> still valuable i never understood my mind things.
1: went to like frame it um i guess do you think people even have picture frames soon will picture frames <laughs> be a thing of the past All um nft and-
0: my mother-in-law will own all the picture frames, because her house is is full of them. But Illinois is above Wisconsin, Oklahoma, Rutgers, Iowa State, um. So that's not a bad place to be. Missouri, and Eli and Drinkwitz and all he's doing—they're ahead of Missouri right now. So, so some good ones.
1: So we just real really quickly, because I'm looking at this. I'm sorry, I know we've been talking for an hour. I'm always fascinated, Jeremy, by like the player hosts, and, and it seems like the player hosts this year this weekend really delivered. Like, it's probably not the most important thing to talk about, but the law firm really swarmed, Of Keith Randolph and Johnny Newton. They really swarmed uh, Jamarion Harkless. You you saw Cal Swanson with Bryce Barnes and Art Sikowski. That's just something I'm interested in moving forward, as Bielema starts to get more of himself, the familiarity established, who you can kind of deploy on these things, and then his guys. Like, Joey Okla in, in two years is probably going to be a player host for somebody. Let's just put that on the table right now. Like It's just interesting to me.
0: Yeah, talking with these guys, as much as the coaches, the recruits they're around, the commits they're around. I think Caden Fagan helped with Harkless as well and some of yeah. these other guys. Um, T.J. McMillan, Cal Swanson brought up is just being an awesome guy. Uh, and then w- with Malik Elzey, uh, he talked a lot about Casey Washington, a guy who transferred away from the program when Brett Bielema got here, came back and has loved it. And as well, I think that's really resonated uh, with him. And then Isaiah Williams, a guy who I think most wide receivers are starting to know as a potential NFL guy, uh, he was a host for Malik Elsey. So, yeah, all of that's really important. And and they seem, we don't know if they it, it all adds to closing, but I think they strike the right notes on these official visits. And I think landing four of them within 24 hours of this all ending is proof of that. And now we'll see if they can add any more headliners out of this weekend. For Joey Wagner, I'm Jeremy Warner. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. We are loaded at IlliniInquirer.com with all the latest in Illinois football recruiting. Talk with Derek Piper today. He's got a lot of basketball stuff still in the works as well. He's going to look at some of the big questions about this retooled Illinois roster because there's reasons to be excited, but there's some questions about them. So he'll have more on that, the latest on recruiting as well. And you can check it all out at com. So everybody take care of each other. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next time on the Alina Inquirer podcast.